So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 136 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah. Um, back, to, uh, yeah. back to form <laughs> with that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit better than last week. So I'm, I'm good with that. Um, it's because my, my, I've been, I've been at school speaking all week, so my oh. jaw muscles are are much more exercised, <laughs> exercised by more than eating. So I guess that's a good thing. Well, um, we're how's the unpacking recording. going? It's going. It's coming along. I was going to say, usually you and I are recording uh, at the end of the day where we've been talking all day, or first thing in the morning when we just like rolled out of bed <laughs> yeah there's no in between for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know right um yeah the unpacking is coming along um pretty much done setting everything up now it's just a matter of you know the problem is i'm unpacking and i'm eliminating you know things as i go so it's mm-hmm. it's a whole process because i'm trying to declutter i don't know if anyone's caught that new um special on netflix about decluttering it's like a, it's like a series with a, a japanese woman who's who's renowned for her uh decluttering uh skills she's written books on it uh it's it's a i don't know we check out the first episode it, it seems fun 
but uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about it on um, social media this week. Have you heard about yeah, it? Yeah, me too. Yes, I have. In fact, one of my favorite ones was um, based on that woman's advice. This person said that they were uh, they were um, picking, holding up each item in their household, and if it did not bring them joy, they were throwing it out. And so far, right. they had thrown out all right. the vegetables, the treadmill, <laughs> the scale. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think people are having a lot of fun with this craze. It's called tidying up with Marie Kondo. And uh, I've seen on Twitter people uh, expanding that approach to people in their lives and their friends and stuff. Like going, does nice. this person bring me joy? No, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It's it's an important part of self-care. So. <laughs> totally, totally. So I, I'm in that kind of vibe. I mean, you know, it's the start of the year. Usually people, that's when people are, you know, trying to head back into the gym or, or you know, make the changes that they've been putting off. So. It's, it's taken me a while, but uh, I'm still unpacking. Um, I'm really loving my new apartment. Like, I really, really dig the space. I'm, I'm super excited to be living where I live now. Um, and because I'm unpacking, like, I'm actually able to, to squeeze in the, the geeky, the weekly geekery. Um, since I'm listening to podcasts, I'm catching up on a lot of movie stuff, actually. Um, nice. And I think that's just carry – yeah, it's carry over from just – watching so many movies over the holiday break. Um, I've mm-hmm. been spending a lot of time on this new social media, well, relatively new, new to me anyway, um, social media platform called Letterboxd. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, I haven't. It's Letterboxd, uh, just like the kind of letterbox format, you know, the film format. Uh, you just mm-hmm. take out the E at the end. So letterbox and then a D. Um, you can go there, letterbox.com to check it out. And it's basically... A, a social media platform for like film geeks. And That's cool. so you get to, yeah, yeah. You get to post what you've seen. You get to write reviews of, of, you know, films that you've seen and you get to follow other people and basically follow their reviews or whatnot. And so it's just a place to geek out about movies specifically. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on there. That's cool. It's kind of like a Goodreads for uh, movies. Absolutely. Yes, that's that's an that's an excellent description. Um so anyone listening to this, if you're on Letterboxd, um please look for me. Check me. I'm looking for, for more people to, to kinda add to my circle and to and to follow. So um if you have heard of it, uh look for me. If you haven't and you want to check it out, still please look for me because uh it's it's a lot of fun. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, you get you get to make lists. You get to like, you know, what are your top five favorite superhero movies, or what are your top ten favorite horror movies, or what were your favorite movies of this year? Um, you know, you get to do it's it's a, a it's a lot. They they do a lot of cool stuff for for people that like me that want to geek out about movies every chance they get. That's really awesome because yeah, I can see that being sometimes. Sometimes you don't want the general um, social media. Sometimes you want something very specific. And you're, if your geekiness is is movies, then this sounds like it's the perfect fit. Oh, my God, man. Like, more and more, I feel like I just, like, can I just cherry pick what I want from my social media experience and, like, get rid of all the riffraff, you know, <laughs> like, all the other stuff? You know what I mean? Uh... Like, you're, you're – the- I think you're onto something there. I mean, that's probably what's appealing, so appealing to, to me about this. It says it des- they describe themselves as 
a global social network uh, for grassroots film discussion and discovery. So that's that's another cool thing about it is that I'm learning about a bunch of new movies that I would have never known were out there. So that's awesome. Yeah, and it says it. it oh my God, Joe! It actually says on the about page. We've been described as like Goodreads for movies. So there you nice. go. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. Uh, what about you? That's cool. Um, well, as far as like just kind of general geekiness, I have not had time to do much of anything because it's been back to school and back to rehearsal and back to figuring out how I'm going to get to spring break. Cause if you don't know what it's like to be a teacher, it's basically <laughs> you, you look for your survival strategy <laughs> between breaks <laughs> and <laughs> one break in the next. And so it's kind of like, okay, uh, Martin Luther King day is coming up. So that's one. So I just, that's, that's my next bench. Well, bench you break. know, <laughs> it's important to have goals to work towards, right? It is I mean, very important to have goals everyone. to work towards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's been it's been tough to get stuff in, but um Matt and I did watch um the season f- or the series finale of Timeless. Because uh, anybody who follows Timeless, it was two seasons. After the first season, it was canceled. Uh, fans rallied. It was uh, actually one of the very few that was renewed after cancellation. And so they did a second season, and they ended on an amazing cliffhanger. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And then it got canceled. <laughs> and it didn't get renewed. Oh. But because everybody was like, you can't do this. This isn't fair. They actually, and I have a lot of respect for this. They actually did a two hour finale, like movie to, to conclude and kind of close everything up. And considering, you know, when that happens, everybody has to say, all right, all the ideas I was going to have for like five seasons, get it in there. Um, They did, I think a very decent job of covering what they wanted to cover. So it was, it was pretty cool. I really do like the timeless series. And since it's now a complete series, I feel like it can recommend it to more people. Cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, it kind of seems like the least you could do to a fan base, right? Once a show has been canceled, I think that's yeah. a cool kind of trade off a two hour, you know, se- series finale movie. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and they kind of ran it during the Christmas slump when they're not doing the regular programming anyway. So I don't think it really cost them anything. Probably got them more viewers for um, that show than it would have for just some random Christmas thing that they did. So I think that that was I think that was a good cho- choice on their part. Um, the Christmas other time show- is like is becoming. Oh, sorry. I, uh, Christmas time is becoming the kind of hot period to drop stuff that you can stream and watch you know, on various streaming services. Um, I mean, we already mentioned that series about tidying up on Netflix, that, that Sandra Bullock film bird box that we recently talked about, um, got a ton of views. And again, I think it's because everyone's, you know, got a little bit of time or most people anyway, that are, that are fortunate enough to have that break are kind of sitting around and, you know, looking for something to, to, to watch. And, uh, Wow, this is cool because it now it's it's kind of like a a new you know what is it I think it's when is awards not awards season but like 
the film industry has like designated periods for when they drop certain movies, right? Like mm-hmm. they have usually like in January, February is when like the duds come out, right? <laughs> yes, like yes. The stuff that's like, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the prestige films are usually in the fall, right? Because they want to get them out in time to, to be considered for, you know, the various awards. Right. But um, not so far out that I they're feel forgotten like, about. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like uh, now it's clear that, you know, December, the holidays are when stuff is going to be coming out on streaming services that for everyone to kind of binge all at the same time. And then, and then, you know, then everyone can get the memes that are going to be coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other show that uh, we've been watching, which we kind of just discovered a friend of ours recommended it is Claws. C-L-A-W-S. Have you heard of this? No. Um, the the lead is Nisi Nash, and it's basically the easiest way to describe it is um, Breaking Bad, but instead of a teacher, you have uh, four women in a nail salon. Oh, I have heard of this show. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of... It's kind of crazy go nuts. If you liked Breaking Bad, I think you'll like this one. Um, but it's very um, woman driven. It's very I, I Matt and I are just loving it. Like it, it's it goes it, it takes place in Florida, and it kind of capitalizes on the fact that Florida is just nuts. So it, yeah, it, 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 um, it's just, it's just, they, they, they like injected this crazy weirdness into this group of women that are just trying to better their lives, but are unfortunately kind of associated with the, like the Dixieland mafia down there. So yeah, it is. It is cool. quite entertaining. Cool. I, I've heard a lot of good things about that show. Um, it's kind of on my radar in the background there, so that's really cool. Now I know somebody that has checked it out and can say that they enjoyed it. So that that moves it up the list on things that I want to check out. Yeah, if you liked Breaking Bad, I think you'll like this. Okay, nice. I finally caught up with Breaking Bad eventually. I, did. <laughs> I, did. I think we still. Last <laughs> I think we still have like a, a, I don't know, a season and a half. I I didn't know it was only five seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think we stopped halfway through season four because Matt was just like, they keep making bad decisions. I can't do this. <laughs> that's great. These people don't have their lives together. I can't. I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's great cool man and the last thing that i've been geeking out about which i think we kind of shared in today is i don't know why i mean it's something i'm always interested in but i have just been consuming all the politics i can possibly consume right now um it, it's just i don't know there there's so much stuff going on like People are starting the 2020 bid right now, and I'm not going to get political. I just, I'm just talking about the, the. Oh, come I- on, 
<laughs> the idea of politics. Come on, Joe. No, get- not the forum for it, Ray. Not the forum for it. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. You know well, me. I'm ready. Well, At gotta, any moment. I'm re- <laughs> I got to call up Kelly and get another episode of State of the Geek out at some point, and uh, maybe we'll grab you and have you on it, so so we can just yell at each other. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna share what happened. I need the outlet. I I. Not even the art. I don't even have to discuss the content. I just need to discuss the experience. Today I posted – I don't share a lot of political stuff on my Facebook anymore because it just I, – I, I, I feel like I have to be careful. <laughs> but I, I saw an article and I felt very strongly about what I wanted to say about it. So I, I very carefully crafted like the share message that I was going to add to this and – um. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, double check it and triple check it because Ray will read this. And if Ray reads this, (laughs) he will have things to say. And so I did. And and then – and of course you commented. And um, and so continue. Yes, and so I was just waiting to see if there was going to be. You know, we we started going back and forth. And when you comment on posts, you do it very aggressively. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it yeah. it takes people by Apparently. surprise. <laughs> and so and so any, anybody who's reading the post would be like, oh my god. Joe and Ray are fighting. Joe and Ray are arguing. <laughs> and meanwhile, what nobody knows so is we, funny. we have a message open in the corner. <laughs> and we're talking about the, <laughs> the process of this debate we're having on Facebook while we're having the debate. <laughs> God, we're geeks. <laughs> it was it, like it made <laughs> it made my day because I felt like you know, I, I I told Ray I was I was ready as soon as somebody came to my defense. I was like, no, we're recording a geeky podcast later. Like this is all good. <laughs> so that's that's really funny. Um, I have a, so I have a couple things to say about that. One, uh, this is different from when my best friend in college and I shout out to Kyle. Um, we would. We, we got along great, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. We were both super geeky, you know, so, of course, we gravitate towards each other. And um, first couple years of college, mind you, we went to a really small art school. Um, we would go to parties, like college parties, and we would get into these big performative arguments in front of people. Um, <laughs> sometimes... Sometimes just to make it seem like we were really angry at each other, mind you, you know, Kyle and I are great friends. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but we would just, for the fun of it, just blow up this like tiny little disagreement into like, you know, this huge argument kind of for show. And we would laugh at how people thought that we were really going to like fight each other. Like sometimes people were like, wow, you guys really hate each other. And we're just laughing about it afterwards. (laughs) Um, So that that is not this though. No, but, no. <laughs> uh, we were not. You and I were not like just performing some kind of. Um, but but I, I have had it point out to pointed out to me um, a number of times. I guess that yeah, it's the way I interact with some friends comes across as very comes off as very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a, I used to think it was a cultural thing, you know, now I'm not so sure that maybe that's, that's the main component, but, uh, I do come from a family where, you know, if they're not, if they're not ribbing you, you know, about something, then they really don't love you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the, the, the closer you are to someone and the more comfortable you feel with them, the more love you have for that person, basically the more you can fuck with them. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, what, how I was raised and, and I definitely have had partners, um, you know, me and my partner, we, that's how we communicate. And it's not anything that is like, doesn't read to us as abrasive mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we've had friends kind of, you know, we had to, at, 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 there were times where I've had to like not engage in certain ways <laughs> with my partner just because my friends were having this like anxiety meltdowns, like thinking that they're witnessing like the dissolution of our, of our like relationship or something. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh no, we're just, like this is almost foreplay for us. Like this is just how we <laughs> relate to each other. Well, it's because you have and um, you have yeah, a very def- <laughs> you you have a very emphatic way of stating things, especially online. Like you don't you don't pull back. You just like this is how it is, and and it it right. I think I'm not hedging my statements. Not at all. And and it puts the person that you're commenting on. I think um, they feel like they have to go on the defensive because you're just so certain in your statements. And so people who don't (laughs) know you as well as I do are like, Oh, well that was kind of, that was like, like he's, he's stepping up and it's like, no, he's just got very strong opinions. (laughs) (laughs) What cracked me up was when in, in our message, in, in our, in our private message on the side, um, I was like, Oh, Joe, I got so excited when I saw that post. And you're like, I know you did. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, I was like, I'm telling you, okay, I sent a, I sent a, a worried uh, SpongeBob SquarePants giphy to him because I said, this is what I did after I posted it because I knew you'd read it. But part of me was like checking back. When's Ray going to read it? When's Ray going to read it? When's Ray going to read it? <laughs> because I knew you would read it and I knew it. And then bam. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you challenge me. And it's it's fun to be challenged on what you think and believe because then when you have to go to people that you're not like friendly with and, and state your, your arguments, you have to, you have to kind of had had them tested. And so, you know, you, we, yeah, I hope yeah. we do that for each other, but I definitely, that's another do thing that too. Me. Yeah. Another thing too, is that I'm totally comfortable with not seeing eye to eye with my friends. Like my, my friend, uh, a circle is not made up of people that I agree with everything on. It's made up of people that I trust, people that I care about, people that I know are very thoughtful. And then after that, it's like, you can disagree on whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it kind of doesn't matter because you've already kind of vetted the person on or the friend on, on the things that really do matter. So I'm su- not only am I super comfortable when I disagree on stuff with my friends, I actually like it because it's like, oh, wow, like we're going to have this exchange that where we're both coming from different perspectives and I'm going to learn something from this. Like it's not going to be one of those, you know garbage fire fucking you know social media exchanges (laughs) where you feel like 
you've lost brain cells and the will to live. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's why that's why I get so excited because when I see a post like that from someone who I respect, it's like, oh, this is going to be a quality interaction. Um, so yeah, so so I get super excited when I see stuff like that. And another thing, I, um, a, a, a former coworker of mine, uh, still coworker of yours, um, Sean Strand. Uh, I love Sean, super thoughtful guy. Again, someone that I really respect. And he said something to me one time in an exchange that we were having on social media where he's like, wow. He's like, I'm super liberal. I'm, I'm not used to people coming, like bringing a critique at something I said from the left of my position. Yeah, he's like, yeah. that's, that's kind of refreshing to have to, you know, to have to defend that side uh, but you know, that's, that's what I enjoy about these exchanges. Yeah. And so I think that's why I can say I've, I've been geeking out about politics because like, believe me, I understand that the state of the world right now is cringeworthy, but, um, <laughs> to say the least, but, um, but like I'm listening to all these podcasts about strategy or lack thereof that's going on. And I find it fascinating. Like, I, I find it fascinating to watch people try and figure out how they're going to deal with certain situations when there's an election right around the corner. And it's like, it just like, it changes everything. Now that the, the 2018 elections are over, like everybody has to be on their best behavior. And if they're not, <laughs> if they're not, it's like, Oh, you done fucked up. Like you could just sit there and watch them. <laughs> like, so it's, I totally, I'm just fascinated by it. I know, like, I don't want to make light of anybody's struggles right now. I know that the government shutdowns like hard on a lot of people and everything. And, and so from a, a, a humanitarian point of view, I, I understand that the world is, is got a lot of problems going on right now. And I am very um, sensitive to that. But at the same time as a geek, this is something that I feel like I can, I mean, this is why I still watch, and I, like, this is a terrible comparison, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. Um, this is why I watch Big Brother, because there is actually a set of strategy that goes behind winning that game. And I love watching people come up with strategy. I love watching people try and figure out what the best moves are to get what they want. That totally makes sense for coming from a D and D nerd and you know everything else. Like, of course, yeah. So, so that's what I that is what yeah. I have been geeking yeah. about this week. I I listened to a podcast interview recently. Someone did with um, Adam McKay, who um, is I think his name's Adam McKay. I know his last name is McKay. Um, yeah, he's a director. Um, of uh, the new film Vice that I haven't seen yet. I'm dying to see uh, with uh, Christian Bale playing uh, Dick Cheney. And um, he also has done a bunch of films with Will Ferrell. He's actually, he's directed Anchorman and Step Brothers and all those, those films that everybody loves. Um, and I didn't know that he was actually a former head writer at Saturday Night Live. And that's where he met Ferrell and started, you know, working with him. Um, and it was a really interesting interview. Um, one of the things that they touched on was just what you said. Everyone has to be on their best behavior. Um, you know, I think because of 
the interconnectedness of, of our world now we're evolving as a society, you know, uh, uh, at a faster rate. I mean, certainly probably devolving at a faster rate, it seems like <laughs> as well in some ways, but, um, you know, kind of the, the collective consciousness is now literally a collective consciousness, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. at, at like the, the speed of the speed of your Wi-Fi connection, you know? So, um, what was funny four years ago, you know, you can't get away with now. Um, and some people are upset about that, you know, but I, I'm somebody who I see it as a necessary step. You know, um, I think what we're all kind of hoping for is, is a place of like true liberation and equality for everyone where then sure anything goes, you know, like that's why not? Because we're all on equal footing, but once you recognize that, you know, there's no way we are all on equal footing then that's where I think the, the sensitivity comes around and for, for, for good reason. Um, so that's, I've kind of been, huh, we're, we're, we're kind of geeking out on parallel things there. I think, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I have a feeling that we're going to be, we always send stuff to each other anyway. So this is, I, I feel like this is going to be a very interesting oh, yeah. election cycle for the two of us. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh God. I'm already exhausted. You're right though. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll take a break then. And, uh, we will go to, uh, a couple commercials. I think we'll have a new one this week. Um, if I can get it in, in there on time and, uh, and we'll be back to talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Hello friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back, and um, we have t- been mentioning that we have two new people on our network, and so I think we're like fully announced and everything. Um, we would like to welcome Capsule J and Troidal Power to the Geek2Geek network. Um, they are Twitch streamers, and um, we're, we're already talking about ways that we can have them on here, and we can jump online watch them play games and it's going to add, I think a really fun component to at least the gaming portion of our, our listeners. So 
Um, we will start getting you their information as we organize it and integrate them into our groups, but you still can find them on Slack and Reddit and all the other places that we hang out. And um, if you go to our Reddit page, which is r forward slash geek to geek cast, Capsule J has actually for a while now been running an anime club. So he'll post up the movie that they're going to be discussing, and then they start a whole thread discussing that anime. So this week, this week or month, I'm not quite sure. I think it's month. Um, the club is watching in this corner of the world. So if you're into anime, jump in there and say hello to everybody. Um, we are. Covering Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So like all of our spoiler casts, this is a spoiler cast. We will be telling you everything that you need to know. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler warning. <laughs> spoilers. Yes. Um, all right. I, of course, like always, I'm dying to hear what you thought of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well do you want me to start or do you want how do you want to do it yeah i mean i can say that i really loved it um people are losing their minds for this film calling it the best superhero movie ever made blah blah, blah. i'm not that quite over the you know the, the edge with it mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um that's not to say that i didn't enjoy it i really like this movie it's a, it's a really good movie yeah, I agree. And for me, I think it did a lot of weird stuff that not weird in a bad way, like different stuff, unique stuff, interesting stuff that we haven't yeah. seen before that I think is setting a lot more ground than most movies right now. I think it, it's it's it, yeah. definitely game changer. Mm-hmm. I do feel like uh, this probably landed the best with audiences that are somewhat new to the superhero genre. At least just in, in terms of like the people that I know directly, um, that's mm-hmm. who's been giving it the best reviews is people that, you know, are, are new to the superhero genre as of the, the MCU. Those people are blown away by this story. And, and I get that. I think, um, this is the first real like solid adjustment to this type of story they they you're right they really did uh the whole origin thing in a in a new unique way and i think we were like audiences were ready for that yeah definitely um i think that we had a conversation in our last episode where a friend of mine was trying to explain that well after chris evans um contract is over as captain america the shield will go to either the falcon or um or Winter Soldier, and they'll become Captain America, and they were kind of mind-blown. They're like, but Captain America is Captain America. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, Captain America is an idea, and so there's been a lot of Captain Americas. And uh, you said, we'll just wait until Spider-Verse, and I think that's really kind of what is blowing people's minds, is if you're not used to changeover in characters, or the idea that there's different versions of the same character um this is this is putting you in a new realm of geekiness that a lot of us are are kind of accustomed to yeah yeah i feel like um i've also talked to a few people who you know 
that they're blown away at, by the idea that these characters have had literally decades of stories told about them in the comics. And they're like, wait, <laughs> what? Like, they've died a couple of times and come back to life. This character's married. Like, wait, what? There's, you know, like they, they were, an, uh, they were a villain at one point. Like what's like, they just don't, you know, they're, they're learning about the whole, I don't know, comic books approach to storytelling. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's cool to see, like we were also talking last week about, it's cool to see pop culture kind of start exploring areas that we knew about back in the day and, and, get just as excited so yeah yeah i feel like uh you know this movie um is doing a lot i mean there's there's a lot of exposition that i you can tell that they didn't you know they couldn't really avoid so they found really interesting fun ways to just work the exposition into the 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 very format of the film right i mean Mm -hmm. um before before we get ahead of ourselves, I do want to mention, um, for those that, that aren't aware, this movie actually started um, as a as a project by Lord and Miller, who are uh, the two filmmakers behind um, the Lego movie, uh, 21 Jump Street, and the sequel, 22 Jump Street. Um, what else did they worked on? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, it's, uh, Christopher Lord and no, sorry, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Um, and so it started as a project that they were working on at Sony to kind of revamp the Spider-Man franchise. This is obviously, it started before, uh, Sony, um, you know, kind of partnered with Marvel to, to produce the, the, the new Spider-Man film, uh, Homecoming. Uh, so that, it started way back then. It's been in the works for a while. And um, eventually, I think uh, Christopher Miller stayed on as a producer, but Phil Lord actually is credited with writing the screenplay with um, another writer, uh, Rodney Rothman, um, and he's still credited with the story. So that's kind of cool. I mean, when you think about, you know, who's telling the story and kind of where it originated, um, get this, Joe, something that I didn't know about Phil Lord is that he's actually half Latino and he's from Miami. Um and I believe it's his mother that is um, – oh, I can't remember if she's Cuban or – I think it's Cuban. And so he's actually – he's bilingual. And he was in charge of all of the Spanish language you know, um, um, dialogue and, and sayings that were put a part of this movie. No, that's cool. And I, I really like that. I liked how there was – like we started off just with a non-white character and – it, like mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. wasn't like highlighted or strange or it was just like mm-hmm. this is this is who we're this is who we're following um on yeah, that note and, do you think uh, it's got such a huge impact yeah do you do you think that this was a good introduction to the character of miles morales because most people know spider-man as peter, peter parker that's god that still kind of blows me away that yeah so, so many people are so invested in the idea of Peter, only Peter Parker as Spider-Man, um, which, I mean, that's the big concept that this movie was tackling, right? Um, I mm-hmm. did think this is a, a great way to introduce Miles. It does, and, I, and I'm sure you can kind of see this take as well because we're so invested and, you know, have so much experience in, in the kind of the comic book format of things. Uh, 
you can, for me, I felt like I can kind of see the, the, the intent behind the, the curtain here. Um, not to, not, not to say that, you know, I, I'm completely cynical about why they made this story. I mean, it's a great story. Um, but I can also see them wanting to solve the problem of like, how do we introduce this great character that we have, Miles Morales, to general audiences that love Spider-Man and want more without pissing off <laughs> a lot of the, you know, older fans that will lose their minds if we, you know, replace uh you know, white male Peter Parker with with somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's interesting because we've been introduced to the multiverses in the movies with Doctor Strange, but I don't think that people conceptualized what that was. And this was a very interesting and good way to kind of show what the multiverse is. Like, I, I was kind totally. of impressed at how they did that. That's a great point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. Doctor Strange. Wow, that movie – we, I feel like even like an Infinity War, like we keep going back to Doctor Strange. It's like there was a bunch of ideas introduced in that film, kind of like in the background, like on the down low. That's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, I think this is a great introduction of Miles. It's so funny, Joe. I This is the second movie where I've been like emotionally kind of caught off guard with my reaction to seeing – like a Spanish speaking character on screen. The other one was um, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie with Diego Luna. And like, right. I don't know, man, like I, it's not something that I go in thinking about like, Oh, right. Like, you know, we got a Spanish speaker like on in, in my favorite, you know, one of my favorite geek properties. Um, and so I'm always kind of blindsided. Like I'm sitting in the theater and all of a sudden, you know, whether it's a, a an accent that sounds, you know, like mine or something similar or familiar or literally, you know, a, a character and, and his mother uh, uh, conversing in, in Spanish, I just started to tear up. I just started to well up like, oh, my God, like this is like so this feels so close to like my identity and like who I am. And I guess I don't know. I don't know. That's something that I that I, I you know, kind of overlooked or taken for granted. But it's a it's a really cool feeling like and even not just the fact that, you know, the, the, the Spanish was there, but or the language, uh, but also even the urban feel of it. Like I'm somebody who grew up in, you know, LA city proper, you know, and I'm somebody who, you know, um, was into skateboarding and was into, you know, art and graffiti and, and, you know, street art or whatever you want to call it. And so to see that aspect as well, like represented was really cool. I mean, just, I've, I spent some time actually reading excerpts from the, um, from the actual script and just the way it's described, like what they want to, to present about this character right off the bat, it's all there, you know, to like the little details mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. background, the posters that he has up, he has up on his bedroom wall, the photos, um, the way the, the, the family, you know, the way his family's lifestyle is kind of set, introduced in the morning, the chaos of the morning and getting ready to go to work and school and stuff, all of it, they did such a great job with it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I was thinking about you when I saw, I saw the movie. I, I saw all the art that they did. And I mean, not just, not just the, I mean, we'll talk about the, the stylistic 
stuff that they did with art, but just the fact that art was such a prominent feature in this movie, I was like, oh, Ray's got to have major opinions about this. Oh, my God. It's great. I mean, I, you know, I'm at a point where I'm just like, all of it, bring it on. Like, just the fact that they're willing to engage with that as an aspect of the character, and they really carried it through, man, right? I mean, again, spoilers here, but when he finally gets his costume at the end of the film i was excited because i love the miles morales spider-man costume from the comic books and so i was excited to see that and when he comes out i'm like wait a minute that's a little bit different and that's because in the story of the movie he literally spray paints onto an existing like 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 uh, a conventional spider-man costume in order to make his suit which you can see on the suit itself how it's been spray painted on which is really really cool yeah, no, I like, I love the character design. I love, of, of all the characters, but, um, it really, I haven't had a lot of experience with Miles Morales because I haven't read a lot of comic books since he came out. Um, I know of him and I know this of stories surrounding him. Um, so I knew a little bit was going to happen with the Prowler and all that, but, um, but this has definitely put that on my list of things that I need to go back to and look at because he is just a very cool character. So interesting to me that you, so you're somebody that's maybe, uh, has a little bit less experience with this character. How did you, how did you feel about how they introduced the character and, and, you know, kind of going into it, uh, knowing less? How, how, what did you take away from, from Miles as a character or as, as Spider-Man? Um, at first I was a little taken aback that his power set was different. And I think it was, um, it wasn't bad. I was just like, oh, that's that's a thing. Because I don't, I don't think I, I think I remembered. Oh yeah, he's got different powers, but I don't think it sank in. And so then seeing it goes, oh, well, I kind of like this because then he's just not a carbon copy of Peter Parker. Um, right, right. So so that was I think my first my first inkling. But I, I've I've seen a lot of interactions with him and Ms. Marvel, um, Kamal Khan. And so I, I knew a little bit about the character's kind of attitude and style and, and like his voice. So that didn't Got it. surprise me. I, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed kind of finally getting to meet that character because I've really never had a formal introduction to him. So for me, that was kind of neat because I was like, this is a character that's very important to a lot of people. And the people talk about how wonderful the storytelling is around his character. So I'm excited to be in the know about the character a little bit more. I was just blown away at how fresh this take on Spider-Man felt like just, it's so crazy because we, we take for granted, you know, those of us that have been following Spider-Man forever. He was, I think like one of my first action figures that I owned when I was like three years old. Um, We just take, you know, the, 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 all, all of the backstory of Peter Parker and all of the stories and everything that come along with that character it's just kind of there. It's accepted as part of it. And this is such a different feel uh, uh, for Spider-Man than what Peter Parker is um, that I was like excited. There's like an energy to it. Just the way the character mm-hmm. like interacts with the, you know, the, the villains and the supporting characters and the story and the kind of style that he has or whatnot, just the way he has about him. Um, I, I looked up, I was like, how long has this character been around? Um, and I didn't know that he was actually created by, um, 
Brian Michael Bendis and the artist, uh, Sarah Pacelli, uh, whose work I freaking love, dude. Like, oh my God, I, I was looking up images of, of Miles and I'm like, God, all this artwork is amazing. Like, is it the same artist? And it was, it's Sarah Pacelli who co-created him. Um, and they actually based this animation style of the film on her artwork. Like they, they used her style as a springboard for what this movie actually looks like visually. Well, that's awesome because it is very visually like I love, I, I feel like we're jumping around here, but I love the fact that all the different spider people were like, they didn't shy away from changing the animation style from character to character. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Did it throw you at all? Or did you just like roll with it? I just rolled with it. I was like, okay, we're going there. All right. I'm, I'm in. This is, this is cool. It started with, oh, they're going to have a character that's in all black and white. All right, I dig. And then and then the anime comes out and I was like, okay. All right, this is yeah. this is something we have not seen before and it was awesome. Um did was that was Spider-Man War by the way voiced by Nicolas Cage which oh my god, so perfect. So perfect. Yes. Um was that a, a nod or or a jab at at Frank Miller in Sin City? Possibly, possibly. I I don't know. Like I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think it's such a great, such a great. Uh, I've had several people when I've talked about uh, this movie with them. They've they they will will we'll mention Nicolas Cage, and then I, sometimes I just burn a match so that I can feel. <laughs> <laughs> like I just love it. Like it's so good. Yeah, um, they did such a great job with that. Yeah, I really, I really thought it was good, and it's funny because I, like, I saw it with Matt, and Matt was interested in seeing it. Like, he was, I don't know, he's been on a little bit of a okay, this this stuff is kind of cool, and I think it's because the quality of the movies have really started upping their game, and so he's a little yeah, less hesitant to it. go see the super. Yeah, and so I think. You know, he was excited, but I, I did lean over at one point and go, no, you know who that is, right? And I was, it was, uh, uh, the Kingpin. And he goes, the Kingpin. And I, because he just heard the name and I'm like, yes, but do you know who that is? And he's like, that guy. And I was like, great. But he's also the, he's, he's also the villain in Daredevil. And he's like, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about then. You know, and so to be able to make that connection, I think for him was kind of cool. Yeah. So I loved all the, the different visual takes on these villains as well. Um, mm-hmm. It was really cool to see all of them. And at first, when the movie started, I love how it starts off. It doesn't tell you that you're already in a different universe than the one that you're used to if you're used to Spider-Man already. Right. It doesn't tell you that right like it it you you're forced to kind of catch up as they go and when i first saw because we're following miles and then when i first saw um the battle the first battle between peter parker spider-man and green goblin um in that in in that world or whatever in miles's universe the green goblin looks like this huge like demonic like kaiju almost like this huge flying demon and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's just something that they're doing with this character for this movie. Like, that's an interesting take, but whatever. But then, you know, spoilers again, when 
Peter Parker actually dies in that at the end of that scene, and they and Kingpin pulls off his mask, and you see his hair is blonde. I'm like, oh wait, this is not like this, we're not in the universe that we're used to because mm-hmm. Peter Parker's not blonde. And so that was really cool. Like that was a a cool way to stay ahead of the audience and kind of challenge us to to adapt to the story being told. Yeah, absolutely. And um and it opened the way for um I don't know, the expect the unexpected kind of thing. It's like you you got excited about what's going to come next and what other what other things are we not are what things are going to seem like they come out of left field, but com- make complete sense. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It, it does. It, it, God, man, they, they put a lot of work and effort into this film because it does satisfy both new audiences and audiences that are like really well-versed, like in, in Spider-Man, you know, lore and, and stories. Uh, it keeps everyone kind of on the edge of their seats for what's going to happen next. And it moves really fast too. Yeah, no, really fast. Like, and it, it wasn't visually overwhelming, but it was visually like you had to stay engaged. Like it, you, it was visually active, you know, you had to be active yeah. with the content. Yeah. And I think they did a lot to kind of help the audience along. Um, I've only seen this movie once. You're right. It moves super fast. I, I wanted to get in another viewing before we recorded tonight, but I wasn't able to do that. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles about it. Like I'm following all of the filmmakers, like all of the people that <laughs> like put in work and making this movie. Like I'm following them all on social media now. Peter Ramsey on Robert Persichetti, on um, Rodney Rothman. Those are the three directors. Obviously, uh, Phil Lord. Um, uh, who wrote it with Rodney Rothman? Um, a lot of the people that are that did like um, worked on the music and the visuals. I'm following on on Twitter and on Instagram. I highly recommend you do that. Seek those people out. Um, they're having great conversations and interactions on social media with fans of this movie that are like rabid to like find out like more about like how it got made and what went into it. Um, one of the really cool things, one of my favorite things that I've read about. Um, is um, when, when they were making the, the, the score for this film, I mean, obviously, you know, something that genre fans are, are aware of is that they'll make a different theme for each main character, you know, so that when they come out on the screen, you hear the music and you associate mm-hmm, that with mm-hmm. them and whatnot. Um, well, for Peter Parker, it's all strings. It's like a symphonic score. And when Miles, to, to start the movie, when Miles comes on, it's all just percussion sounds. It's just drum beats and whatnot. And there's not even a melody. Uh, and as the film progresses, um, and as Miles, you know, gets closer and closer to assuming, you know, his, his identity as, as the true Spider-Man of that universe, more of the melodic symphonic elements start to blend with the beats uh, that represent him. Um, which is not, that's not new. Like that's something that, you know, is, is happens a lot, but they do such a good job of, of really underwriting all of like the themes and like of what's going on in the story with just the sound. Um, the, the, the hi hats or the symbols, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, the percussion symbols in miles theme are actually the sound of spray can like sprays. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, yeah, so they find a way to work that street art graffiti element, you know, that that we we 
kind of meet the character through at the beginning of the movie throughout his score because that spray can sound of the like is is in his sound in his in his score throughout the whole film that's really cool i like this is definitely something i want (laughs) to watch again yeah yeah um one other thing that i thought was just absolutely unexpected but amazing yes please give me more was i love aunt may as the jarvis or the um oh my god shame on me <laughs> ba- batman uh like oh alfred alfred thank you yeah that blew me away that was like why have I never heard of this take on Aunt May? Yeah, it's an amazing like I love that Aunt May. I want I wanted I want to see that Spider-Man and that Aunt May do things. Or, you know, I don't know if Miles Morales interacts with an Aunt May like that, but I I think that would be amazing. Amazing. And yeah, the idea that the Peter Parker from that timeline or that universe had a, a spider cave, like a bat cave. That was cool too. Like, yeah, like all yeah. the gadgets, like Batman. Such a cool idea for a take on that character that we really only got to know very briefly. Do you know who voiced that that universe's Peter Parker before he he was killed off by by Kingpin? Chris Pine, right? Yeah, Chris Pine, man. That's another <laughs> thing we got to talk about is the voice cast. The voice cast is amazing. It's so it's so just everywhere like when i started watching the credits roll i was like what how who really (laughs) oh my god tell tell me about it yeah i mean Um, Liv Liv schreiber is wilson fisk i i think that like yes he's done he's done stuff that's got comic book i mean he was in the the wolverine movie we shall never speak of but um <laughs> but he uh you know I, I don't think of him kind of dropping down to the lower you know the more popular movies i think of him being more of a let's do something artsy and weird kind of actor and and that's yeah. this is not yeah. well, i mean it is artsy so i guess you know it i think it says something about the movie that actors that are very very well known are like yeah i'd want to be a part of this Dude, Mahershala Ali as the Prowler was amazing. That character scared the crap out of me. Scared the crap out of me and and yet was like I don't know, I loved I loved his interactions with Miles before mm-hmm. any of mm-hmm. the Prowler stuff came out. I thought that was so mm-hmm. like it it I I think granted this is not Marvel Marvel, but I think we're starting to see people figure out villains now. I think villains are now starting mm-hmm. to become a little bit more complex, a little less mwahaha, oh, I'm going to get point. you. And and I think yeah. this is just kind of hopefully previewing what we're going to see um, coming forward. Such a great point. Absolutely. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's the, it's the complexity that has been missing um, this kingpin, we're clearly, you know, rooting against him, and they don't hesitate to give him a pretty sympathetic uh, a motivation, you know, for, for mm-hmm, doing what mm-hmm. he's doing um, and trying to, you know, reach, you know, cause havoc with the multiverses. Um, 
Catherine Hahn as Dr. Octopus, I thought was a really great take on that character too. Yeah, because they're in in the regular MCU, isn't the Doc Ock, or at least one of the Doc Ocks, um, his daughter? Yeah, I believe so. At one point, she kind of takes over. Yeah, so I was like, that's why I was like, again, aware of the character, not familiar with the character. What I loved about um, the the visual take on that Dr. Octopus was how her, her hair's bun actually simulates like the shape of an octopus's like head oh you're right it does oh my god i didn't even put two and two together are are then the eyes yeah oh man i've got to find a picture (laughs) so cool such a great like of course like uh they just thought of so many things to to layer this film with um we already mentioned Chris Pine as the as the blonde Peter Parker that that dies in in the beginning. Um, Lily Tomlin is the voice of of Mary Parker, or sorry, May Parker. Um, um, as as <laughs> May Parker as as Alfred in this uh, Spider-Verse. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we already <laughs> we mentioned Nicolas Cage, uh, Mah- Mahershala Ali as Prowler, Brian Tyree Henry, who I love in um, Atlanta, the Donald Glover show on FX. Um, plays uh, Miles' uh, father, which is a really cool dynamic that they have going between those two characters. Haley Steinfeld, who plays Spider-Woman or, or um, yeah, I mean, a Spider-Woman or Spider-Gwen, right? Well, I guess in the comics she's Spider-Gwen. In, in the, you can't really call her Spider-Gwen because everyone knows that her first name's Gwen. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, and yeah, I kind of like that because, too. yeah, why, why shouldn't she be um, – just spider woman like you know yeah. maybe in the universe where there's like Absolutely. like the mainstream universe there's three different spider women so it's like okay i get it but mm. you know we don't have that yet yeah that's right um and like right away i mean this character has been around for i don't know a minute you know it's not a brand new character uh uh gwen stacy as as spider woman but um god you can tell marvel really knows what they have on their hands with that character because uh, she gets a, a huge spotlight in the movie. And I've heard so many stories of kids going like, that's my favorite character, like my new favorite character. And I was just cool that they get both, you know, miles and, and spy, uh, uh, Gwen Stacy, a spider woman out there for, for audiences. It's really cool. Yeah. Th- there was good diversity in this, this movie. Um, there was humor, uh, I mean, we talked about the the anime style. I also loved not only the um, the cartoon style of the of uh, Spider uh, Spider Ham, but also the uh, the his power set, <laughs> like a very very Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, was there was there anything about the about this movie that didn't land for you? Um, I'm trying to. Th- Think and I think most of the time when I was like mm, I'm not feeling this, then whatever I wasn't feeling got quickly, um, <laughs> I don't know, justified or or explained where it's like, oh, okay, then I'm on board. Um, yeah. You know, I, how about you? I I feel like I felt like the ending got too cosmic for me. Like it, it, I understood 
what they were going for. And it's really psychedelic, which I thought was a bold choice that I like respected, but it did feel like, I didn't feel at any point, like there was like stakes, like real stakes. It's like, it's, it's got really loud and colorful and you knew that, you know, obviously miles is going to pull out in the end, but it just became too abstract of a battle for me towards the end. Okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I thought it was kind of just a cool art take. And I think that's why, again, I would say, Oh, we're, we're kind of getting too out there. But then it was like, but I see what they're doing. They've been artistic with it through the entire movie. So yeah. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I also want, I, and again, I, I want to see it again. Um, because it felt a little bit too fast in times it felt like they they moved through like really important things like really quickly we were like whoa whoa wait what like it just was like this story moves at such a clip that you gotta you know really like just go along for the ride in, in order to to absorb everything and i feel even at that i still wasn't able to like properly absorb all the stuff that could be a good thing i mean that could mean that it just rewards you know multiple viewings but my first take was like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like some of this stuff is really cool. Like don't be afraid to bore your audience or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I think, you know, I, I don't have much negative to say about it. Um, it, it was, it was so new and different that I didn't feel like I was just going through, Oh, this is just another movie or, Oh, this is for kids or, or like, I'm like, I, I felt mm-hmm. engaged the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they killed off a couple of characters, obviously Peter Parker. And then, you know, spoiler again, um, killed off the Prowler character. So I was impressed by that. I was like, Oh, they're, they're going for it here. Like they're going for real emotional depth. They're not afraid to, you know, challenge their, their younger audience with that. Um, and I think it paid off because it, it helped to kind of ground the story. It is kind of an out there story. It's super ambitious, man. Like, geez. And if audiences are really like eating this up, like that just means that we're, you know, they're ready. They're ready for this kind of story. They're, 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 everyone's kind of up to speed with the whole superhero genre. And now I feel like this is going to challenge filmmakers to, say like, okay, you know, if this is the bar now in terms of how much stuff we can have going on with the story and, and kind of how we can, how much we can challenge audiences with the mechanics, the crazy mechanics of, you know, multiverses and different comic book, you know, storytelling tropes, then where do we go from here? It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, and we've, we've been saying this more and more in our review movies where it's like, if this is what they can do now, what are they going to do next? And if that's, and then when we get to the next, we're like, mm-hmm. this is what they're going to do now. What are they going to do? Like, it just keeps upping the, the yeah. stakes of the ante. And I love it. Yeah. I just love it. I think we, we've said it multiple times, but I think we're in the golden age of, of being a geek because the stuff we're totally. getting is definitely awesome. Um, it's already won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. Well, I can't imagine. Like, what could possibly compete with it at this point? Because it's <laughs> so different. Well, I mean, it's just, it's so, like, it really is setting different, like, it's it's expanding the lines of where you can go. And, and not doing it in a way where you're like, ew, why did they do that? Like, I could see that in the wrong hands, that many animation styles could just not work. 
but they made oh, it work. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, totally. Ooh. <laughs> my, my my mind goes to dark places when I think of how it could have gone wrong. Yeah, so I think that you know that they they deserve those kudos because I, I, we've said this was a very ambitious project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean animated films like or projects like this usually you know are end up being years in the making just because of all the work that goes into to animating these films. So. Um, this is, I mean, this is one of those films where I'm like, yeah, I can see it. You can see it all on the screen. I mean, Jesus, just the, the way the, the choice of like those dot patterns affects the the visuals of the whole thing. Such a cool idea. And it's not like a little bit like it's there. They're not kind of, you know, baby stepping into those aesthetic choices that they're right up front. Um, and they work. And and I love not only that they took the chance to do it, um, or, or or they you know they went with it with it, or they risked it, but that it, they pulled it off. Well, yeah, and they like though that that dot art style specifically. I mean, it very much goes back to old comic books and and pop art and everything else. But they also used that. They, I mean, it wasn't just kind of like a panel here or a panel there, and or they didn't just do it a lot. They actually incorporated it into like the the universe is splitting apart and the so it was plot driven and artistically themed and like so just very impressed by this movie <laughs> yeah yeah the uh they said the filmmaker said from the start that they wanted uh the film to feel like you actually walked inside a comic book and i think they achieved that there's literal panels at the beginning of the of the film when they're showing uh miles's kind of inner dialogue they're actual like comic book like mm-hmm, dialogue mm-hmm. panels and what's cool is that as he's walking through the hallway at high school he's actually he thinks something and it pops up on a panel and then he keeps walking and he walks past the panel and it recedes into the background. And then the next thought shows up like closer to, to, you know, the audience or the screen. And he's like, so it's like in 3d, he's walk literally walking through a comic book, which is just so awesome. I feel like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I would say like Ang Lee tried that with his Hulk film and he was kind of not only ahead of the times, but cause he's a brilliant filmmaker, but I think it was a bit much for, for audiences at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've, uh, and I've always loved the visuals of that movie. You know, the story's pretty out there, but um, this, I feel like is like, okay, we're all caught up and they're doing this and it looks great and it's all working for the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, the fact that fans are getting into this so much and the fact that, Mm-hmm. Like I, I heard that there. What what movie did I hear that they were making in this style, or that they were going to do next? They're going to do another movie like this. What? Um. Oh, I wish I could hear what it was. I wish I could remember what it was. Who told me? It must have been one of our fans. So if you remember having this conversation, please let me know. But they said they've already talked about doing another animated movie with a different character. And I remember going, that sounds amazing. So, oh, frustration. But 
I will, I will remember and I'll try and post it on online or, you know, I'll definitely talk to you about it when I remember, but that's not going to help our listeners. Yeah. Some, what? I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to pester you for this. <laughs> there's somebody screaming at me right now going, why, why are you saying that? <laughs> it's amazing to me how much praise this film is getting from everywhere. Like there are, you know, actors and actresses and other creators and artists that are just praising this film online. So it's really cool to see that it's getting, you know, the, the, all the positive feedback that it deserves. Um, can we talk about, um, that, that end credit scene? Yes, please. Did you know what it was? Like, when did you actually understand wh- like wh- which character that was? Um, pretty much as soon as, um, well, I'm assuming, unless there's something I missed, uh, I as soon as they said, let's go back to where it began, and I was like, oh, they're not going to. And then the animation style changed to the original, like, Spider-Man, like, back in the day that we grew up with. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so That was so well done. Yeah, I, I love that. And it. It made me. It made me smile. I. I just cut. Matt. I think was annoyed because he was like, "Why did we wait for that? This was. This was non-substantial. Oh, Why was I'm like, oh, you don't understand, man. I'm like, this is how most of us got introduced to to at the very least Spider-Man, if not comic books in general. No, man. No. Um. The the. I seriously almost lost my shit at the post-credit scene. Um, because who they showed was, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who is one of my favorite characters when I was growing up because Miguel O'Hara is the Spider-Man of the future in Spider-Man 2099. Oh, that's that what, is a yes. Comic book. yes, 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 that, that is a comic that came out as part of a series that Marvel put out. God, I want to say it was in the early 90s. Uh, Marvel put out a whole new timeline called 2099. And they had, I think, like three or four um, comics. They, they had Spider-Man 2099. I remember Ghost Rider 2099. And I think there was two other titles that I can't remember. Um, but I loved – I picked up Sp- the Spider-Man 2099 number one as a fluke, I must've been like 12 or 13 years old, dude. And I freaking loved that character. I had, I think almost the whole run, um, from the early nineties and I loved it. It was written by Peter David. Uh, Rick Leonardi was the artist. Uh, I remember that the char- the main character was, um, half Mexican, which of course I loved as a kid. I was mm-hmm, like, what? Mm-hmm. Like his name's Miguel. Like what the hell? Um, and the, 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 the costume that he uses for his Spider-Man costume is in the, in the course of the story is actually, um, I believe it's some kind of, of fest, festival kind of costume, like decorative costume that is connected to like a day of the dead, uh, uh, tradition or something like that. It's a, it's a Mexican day of the dead festival. And, um, it's like a bodysuit and mask that is part of that festival that he uses as a Spider-Man costume. I remember that from the comic when I was reading it. Um, 
And so when they showed, because in the comic, the voice, he actually has his own version because it's set in the future and mm-hmm. he has his own version of like a, like a Jarvis, right? Or like, who is it now? Um, Tony Stark, uh, calls, uh, the, the female voice, uh, Friday, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in the future, Miguel has his own like AI that assists him. I can't remember what the name of it is, but as soon as I heard that voice and then it was, um, interacting with like the, the Peter Parker character, I was like, Oh my God, like, Oh my God, this is 2099. And then they show and I was like, yeah, I lost my shit, Joe. Like I was so excited <laughs> to see that, that they, they, they included that. That's awesome. Yeah. I read, I read X-Men 99, 2099. Um, and I knew of, oh, Spider- okay. I knew of, of Spider-Man 2099, but so when it came on screen, I, I did recognize it. Oh, that's, that's Spider-Man 2099, but I didn't, you know, yeah. thinking back on the, since I didn't have that connection that you did with the character, I just thought of, um, the fact that they went back to like the amazing Spider-Man is amazing friends era Spider-Man, which is brilliant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like they, <laughs> it's brilliant that they found a way to work in even that animation style. Um, yeah. Do you know who they got to voice, um, Spider-Man 2099? No. Oscar Isaac. Seriously? Seriously? Yes, dude. Yes. They <laughs> they went all out with this movie. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yes. I I was waiting in the credits. I'm like, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? And his name came up and I was like, oh my God. Dude, how much love can you put into one animated film? Jeez. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man, Marvel, man, they're just killing it. Just like, really? Well, and I gotta say, this is the second one out of Sony. Yeah, this is a Sony production. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we've got like, we had Venom, which wasn't bad, and yeah. now we've got this yeah. Sony. I'm, I gotta say, I, 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 I rip on DC and Warner Brothers enough that I have to give props where it's due. <laughs> You're you're cleaning up your act. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Oh, tell me if I'm wrong, but Venom noticeably absent in this movie, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there might have been like there, there was so much going on visually. There might have been something there, but I didn't see it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. They had a really cool take on all of the villains, but I didn't see Venom. I saw. Obviously, Doctor Octopus, um, Kingpin, Scorpion was really cool to see. Yeah, um, Tombstone was in there as like a silent. They never named him, but I knew that that was a uh, that was Tombstone as as uh, Kingpin's kind of right hand man. Uh, that was cool, man. It's just a lot for for audiences to geek out about. Yeah. Anything else we need to cover before closing it up for the evening? Uh, no, man. I, I mean, I want to, I want to go see it again and it makes me want to read my, uh, Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man trade that, that I bought, um, a few months ago. Um, no, I think they did a great job. Um, it's really exciting to see kind of, you know, now we have this precedent, you know, this movie is out there. The story is out there. Audiences love it. Um, it's kind of like throwing down a gauntlet and going like, all right, X-Men, you know, all right, DC Universe, you know, what you got? My God, can you imagine, like, 
the X-Men in this kind of art style. Like just free flowing, just oh. do whatever the hell they want to do with it. Oh my god. Oh man. That would be so cool, Joe. <laughs> All right. I I'm not gonna not gonna let us go down that way. <laughs> you have it <laughs> we will be here for another two hours. Uh do you have any shout outs for yeah, for us tonight? Yeah, yeah. I kinda wanna continue in um the direction that I was talking about last time in terms of giving shout outs to um, just really cool artists and, and art groups that I follow and and work with or I'm aware of in L.A. Um, there's an art collective that I follow called Nisantas, which is N.I. Uh, and then S.A.N.T.A.S. Nisantas Art Collective. They're a woman of color um, art collective based out of um, Boyle Heights, I believe, or, or definitely East L.A. area. Um they're really, really amazing uh, young artists. They do all kinds of projects. Um, they do mural projects. They hold um, free um, art workshops in, in various uh, with various organizations. Um, really cool artwork. They do their own shirts and merchandise as well. That you know, some of which I, I wear regularly. Um, so check them out on social media uh, on Instagram. You can see them and their work. They're called Nisantas, N-I underscore S-A-N-T-A-S. Shout out to them. Awesome. Um, on a kind of following that idea of, of calling out things that, that have really impressed you, you know, and, and that you want to kind of direct people towards, since I have been geeking out about politics, there is a podcast out there. It's not for everyone um, because they are um, – they are very technical in the way they talk about things, but it's called Boom Lawyered, and it's two women who are are very strong, prominent law people in the law world. They're lawyers, but they're also, you know, I think they've they've been professors. They've they've got I, I know they have substantial credits behind them in the legal world, but what what amazes me about them is they call themselves law geeks. And so, (laughs) yeah. And, and Ray, they talk about law. Like we talk about X-Men. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So if, if it is, they do get very technical, what they do is they get very technical. Like they, they don't dumb it down for you and then they dumb it down for you. And then there's swearing involved. It's amazing. It's just fun. You don't have to listen to all of them. I don't always listen to all of them, but it's totally a different take on geeking out. And, and it's just, it's fun to, if you love listening to people geek out about stuff they love, this is cool. And you'll learn some things too. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming up next week, you are out of town. <laughs> yes, I will be in New Orleans. I'm glad I kind of half mentioned that like as a throwaway comment to you. <laughs> you're you're like, "Oh, good to know, Ray." I'm like, "Oh, that's right." That's right. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, kinda know we've about got that. a standing <laughs> weekly appointment to record a podcast. Well, it's okay because what I'm doing is I am taking advantage of it, of the fact that you're not here and I'm getting Katie from Tea Time and Rob from the Comic Box and we are doing a Harry Potter episode. So a a Harry Potter episode that you are not allowed to listen to until you read the books or listen to them at the very least. 
<laughs> okay. But um, so we're gonna have a crazy drawn out dra- like all of all three of us I think have unpopular Harry Potter views or controversial Harry Potter views <laughs> or just very angry Harry Potter views. So so it's gonna be like Harry Potter dragged down kicking, fighting, screaming, but all in love and geekiness. So that is next week. <laughs> Harry Potter everywhere. Yes. All the music That's in this episode great. is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek Dude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out the other geek to geek shows at uh, geek to geekcom uh, also check out our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektotune.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epic grays. Ray, where can we find you? As always, I am on various social media platforms at Ray Vargas 3, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now Letterboxd as well. If you want to go on there and start geeking about movies with me, uh, I'm at Ray Vargas and then the number three. Uh, and you can also find my artwork online uh, on my website at rayvargas3.com. Awesome. Well, that's it for us this week. And until next week, remember... Keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to. Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. <laughs>